Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education's Meet the Artist interview. I'm Cheryl Osola, a writer for San Francisco Ballet and editor-in-chief of Dance Studio Life magazine. Today is Sunday, March 25th, 2012, and I'm really happy to see so many of you here today at the War Memorial Opera House. I'd also like to welcome our podcast listeners. Many of these Meet the Artist interviews are available on our website, sfballet.org, and there's lots of other great stuff on there too, like photos, videos, and the company's blog, Open Studio 455. So um, to coincide with the opening of Program 6, um, which opened on Friday and which you're seeing today, uh, we have our just-released CD of the score for Yuri Posakov's Raku, which was recorded by the San Francisco Ballet Orchestra at Skywalker Ranch. So that is available for purchase at the gift shop on the mezzanine level and also on the website. And if you buy it today and stop by the lobby during intermission or after the show, principal conductor and um, music director Mar Martin West and the composer Shinji Eshima will be signing CDs. So pick one up. I'd also like to mention that we will have time for a Q&A at the end, so we do want your questions, but please hold them until then. And now for our patiently waiting guest, I have the pleasure today of talking with ballet master and assistant to the artistic director and a principal character dancer, Ricardo Bustamante. Please welcome him. Good afternoon. Hi, Cheryl. So a little bit about Ricardo. He was born in Medellin, Colombia, and trained at the Ballet Academy there. He joined American Ballet Theater in 1985 and became a principal dancer four years later. He danced at ABT for nine years, during which time he toured with Nereyev and Friends and appeared in two PBS performances of um, Dance in America. In 1994, he joined the San Francisco Ballet School faculty. And then he left in 1998 to become artistic director of Ballet Teatro Colón in Argentina and then director of Chile's Ballet de Santiago. In 2003, he returned to San Francisco Ballet as a ballet master and principal character dancer. And in 2007, he was named assistant to the artistic director, a position he uh, shares with ballet master Bruce Sansom. So he has guested internationally as a dancer and as a choreographer. He has done various works, including a Giselle for Dutch National Ballet in 2009. I think that's pretty good. So, Ricardo, as a ballet master, I mean, one of the things you're responsible for is learning the ballet in incredible detail. I mean, we're talking not only all the steps for every role, but the nuances of musicality. You have to know what the choreographer's intent is so that you can rehearse this once the choreographer or the person staging it, if it's an existing ballet, um, has left. So, how do you do that? And do you have like some sort of system for recording all of this information? Um, good afternoon. Uh, first of all, excuse my appearance. I just finished teaching class, so <laughs> I'm all sweaty. Um, the role of a ballet master is a very exciting role. Um, 
everybody uh, through our history has gone about it in different ways. Um, the most important thing is for you, if you're assisting somebody who's originating a work, to um, be there 100%. The choreographer may or may not have a very clear idea of what he or she is, are trying to do. So it's um, a wonderful process, uh, which takes a lot of energy. Um, and it's definitely a collaboration, a collaboration between the artist, the dancers, and the choreographer. Um, take, for instance, Ashley Page, um, very inventive new work, Guide to Strange Places. It require um, probably the most attention-intensive work that I've had in the past um, eight seasons with San Francisco Ballet. And it is that intensive because it is very, very creative. Normally, um, classical ballet has a formula in which the classical ballets have been performed and have been developed with the classical um, repertoire and the classical technique, in which you know which dancers are your bravura dancers, your adagio dancers, the ones who um, should be part of the ensemble, and each of those categories have a very specific technique. So you know, okay, well, I have a soloist who is supposed to do a certain variation. Those variations have been performed and done for great many years by great many companies. And basically, if you're a classical ballet dancer, you will have known or seen this repertoire and you have a knowledge about it and you know what's right, what's wrong, and what comes in the first phrase, what follows after that. Well, in a piece like Ashley Page, every step and every direction you go is a surprise. So, um, when Ashley was building his Guide to Strange Places, we worked uh, seven hours straight, no lunch, no break, and uh, for three straight weeks. Um, the score of John Adams' Guide to Strange Places is a very unusual um, composition which also required great understanding of the music in order to interpret it through dance. So I follow his movement I simply notate what I see. I like to experience physically what he's trying to do as the dancers are learning it, but I learn just as much from the choreographer as I do from the dancers. So when I notate, when I go back, I respect as much as the choreographer as I respect the dancers because ultimately they're the ones who are left with the vast information and the very specific information that is custom made for them. Well, you mentioned the music and, and one of the things about this piece, Guide to Strange Places, is that it's incredibly complex. And, um, and Ashley told me that he often doesn't like to count the music or have the dancers count the music because then you're not really listening to it. Um, and so for this particular ballet, he talked about using landmarks, specific instruments that the dancers would hear, uh, specific places in the score that, were, that they could peg certain movement to. So could you talk just a little bit about how it is to work with that kind of a score as, as opposed to something that's a little more straightforward? Right, um, that's quite difficult to do. Um, the, music, the music, as complex as it is, it is almost impossible to count. Um, uh, you might have a couple of phrases that you can follow up and then say, okay, you know, we can count maybe four, eight, and then 
three or four or five sixes, something very, very regular. So once, once he, uh, he, so he, he didn't give us counts, but he gave us the steps, and he said, this is what I hear. So the dancers and me, and as we go about it, and we find it convenient to perhaps to count little sections, especially when you, know, you have three people, four people, two people, and a single person cutting across, and, before, and after that, they're gonna join in a unison. So you anticipate it and you try to generate some counts. But it is a very interesting uh, process to try to dance just to the feeling of the music that you're hearing, and then to try to find within the music symbols that would actually help you realize you're on cue or you're completely off. It's very adventurous. It's a bit of a guide to a strange place. <laughs> so, so um, it's knowing the music very well, it's understanding the choreography very well, and it's a lot of repetition. Rehearsal is very, very, very important. Um, this piece has been very carefully brought in onto the stage, um, and I th really think we were really gelling by the dress rehearsal, but up until that point, it was a little bit kind of like trying to construct something that you didn't know what the balance of it is, how, how, how was it going to, to look on stage, which is the exciting part of this job, you know. I mean, we can dance by formula, we can do the classics and, and do what we know, but um, it's beautiful to experiment and then to go with somebody who, who offers us the opportunity to, um, to be so adventurous. And, and as a collaboration, it's worked quite beautifully. I'm, I really, really like the piece. So. If you're just joining us, I'm in conversation with ballet master and assistant to the artistic director, Ricardo Bustamante. So, so just going back to the rehearsal process, one thing about this ballet is that there is an awful lot going on. Um, so, you know, you're one pair of eyes, Ashley Page is one pair of eyes. During rehearsal, how do you know kind of what to focus on in terms of what you need to be observing and retaining do you, for example, if he's working um, on a section that has a principal couple and then ensemble dancers um, also, are you assuming he'll watch the principals more and you can focus on the others, or how does this work? <laughs> well, um, uh, rehearsing a ballet is quite, it's quite a, uh, um, a craft. Um, Organizing the rehearsals, in, you know, when you also had to think that, you know, in program five and six, there is a total of six different ballets, and these are quite big productions. So between the ballet masters and our, you know, and our scheduled manager, um, Alan Villarreal, we have to fight for people. And, you know, <laughs> we keep it pleasant, but it's quite, it's quite difficult to sort of, you know, okay, I need, you know, Maria Kochikova now, and I need her for three hours. So when you finally get these people, then um, you decide, okay, well, I'm gonna do her sections. I'm gonna do the sex part of this that she's got within this piece. I'm gonna try do her variation, and I'll leave the unison stuff for when we all get together and talk about it so that the unison is really, we have clear understanding how we're counting and how we're moving and how we're gonna go about this and talk about spacing. And spacing is crucial for the success of the piece. So you separate 
all the variations, all the pas de deux. Um, if you're new to the ballet, I should take you to the, to the studio on our own and try to catch you up, then bring your partner, and your partner and you will try to see how far we can take you. And then I need to schedule a rehearsal where I'll insert you into the ballet and make sure that you feel confident, free, and that you understand everybody's um, spacing and timing as well in order to, to get you in there. Otherwise, can do. Um, one other difference, perhaps, with this ballet is that Guides of Strange Places is Ashley Page's first ballet for San Francisco Ballet. And so I, I would imagine that as a ballet master, when you've worked with a choreographer before, it's a little easier because you get to know their preferences, their sense of aesthetics, uh, kind of what their priorities are. Um, so when you're working with someone for the first time, do you just go in there and wing it? Or do you have a chance to talk to him ahead of time and kind of get a sense of what he's doing? I do like to develop um, a, a personal relationship with uh, which, whomever I'm going to be assisting. It is very, it is very, um, a, it's a distinct um, thing that happens that within the character of someone, there comes a piece that is, um, which is much like the person you, who is choreographing, you know what I mean? Um, when I speak, to, when I've, I'm introduced to Ashley, then I understand the person, I understand the way he expresses himself, I discuss and I, and I ask him questions that are gonna help me kind of be in his um, mindset and how he's gonna go about it. So I met Ashley and, you know, and, um, at the office, and you know, I've, I've known him, of course. He's got a very prominent career. He's quite an uh, important personality in the dance world. I've never seen his pieces, but I'm more or less a contemporary. Um, you know, we're more or less the same age. So I know his European background and the, and the works that, he, that influence him. And I, I've heard and know about the repertoire that he's generated for the Scottish Ballet and for the Royal Ballet. So, um, we've met, and I feel quite comfortable with him. Um, and then I ask him, and the music, I really want to, you to uh, introduce me to the music. I knew what he was going to be using. Um, I asked Mr. Thomason, you know, what is Ashley going to be using, and he told me. And I asked Martin West, can I have a recording? And I listened to the recording, and immediately I went like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is really important music. I mean. It used to be that we used to dance to a lot simpler music. So there was a lot of umpapa, umpapa. Well, there is a lot of umpapa and a trillion other sounds that come from each instrument in the pit. So, um, but I was fascinated. I was immediately, uh, you know, taken by the music. It, it had such, um, you know, it was it was fearless and it was it's inventive and it's and it's uh, very fresh and very new and very beautiful, and it really moved me. And, but I couldn't help by the end, my eyes were wide open, I just turn around and I look at Ashley, and I say, how are you gonna choreograph to that? <laughs> so, I, you know, I was, he said, you know, you'll see. And I, I loved it, you know, what a great challenge, what a great opportunity. That's the part of my job that I love. You know, I love many other aspects, but this is really, really great, you know, just to get next to somebody. How are you gonna do this? And, and they start, and, and suddenly you understand, and some days you don't, and you really have to ask a lot of questions and notate and take my time, go home, study, practice, and the dancers have questions. Um, 
everybody has questions, and you know, and you spend the, the hours in the uh, in the rehearsal studio, really, you know, um, understanding the piece and learning it. So in the interval between the actual creation of a piece or the staging, if it's existing, and then when the choreographer or stager returns before the, the ballet opens, um, you rehearse the company in this piece. How, is it up to you to determine how much rehearsal time is needed? I know you probably don't always get as much as you want. And what do you tend to focus on? Is it at that point getting it into their muscle memory or are you working more on artistry? Well, it's um, because we have such an ambitious um, repertory season, which I hope you like, <laughs> um, we work at a very fast pace. We do have a luxury period, which is a learning period in a, crea in a crea creation or creating works. Uh, which happens for three months um, in the autumn. And then when the season rolls, then we have, if you're lucky, three weeks or two weeks before you revive it and try to remember it, and before the, um, the, the choreographer arrives. So I have to be very, very organized on trying to take each one of those individuals and see how much they remember and how many hours they require in order for them to really feel like it's become organic for them where they no longer have to think, but they can listen to the music and experience the movement. Because when you go on stage and you're still thinking, that's not good, it's not fun. So thinking while dancing, expressing yourself, it could be great, you know, but, but um, the real joy, joy ride in this is when you don't have to think and you just can experience the, you know, the energy and the freedom of dance. So, I have to really try to push forward that in the, within the schedule, um, we have 18 people in Guides to Strange Places, so I check Mark, okay, well, Frances Chung knows her part, and Pascal Mola are ready to go, and then, you know, who's next, and then, you know, Corn Elizabeth, and then, you know, the quartet, um, you know, which guys are new, and who are second on the studies, does everybody know? Um, and it's quite challenging to put it together, because you are left with the choreographer's last intention. Last, the last he saw was, say, for Ashley was in the in, um, end of October, I think. And I put it together, and I cross my fingers. I hope he likes what he sees, because, you know, it's quite delicate. You know, you can create something, and just as you express yourself, you might even change your mind. And, you, I, might have, I might have misinterpreted his, his intention, especially when it comes to energy um, and to you know, the nuances of dance. But um, luckily, the dancer had plenty of time with them. He was quite clear what he wanted. And again, this job is not possible without the dancers. It's again another, a collaboration, and the dancers register all the information, and their bodies have already experienced it. So I rely a lot on the dancers. I'm not ashamed to say. <laughs> We are going to open this up to questions in just a minute, so maybe fairly briefly, can you just tell us a little bit about what your role as assistant to the artistic director involves? Um, well, I've been working with, with Helgi quite a few years, and uh, being an assistant is listening to him, uh, carrying on his wishes, um, clarifying on the casting issues, um, say, for instance, I'm, I'm the ballet master to his fifth season, which opens in program five. 
And, um, you know, he might just call me to the office and say, Ricardo, okay, well, our first cast are these people. On our second cast, who do we have? And how ready are they? So I inform him about that. Um, we may have discussions at personal levels, you know, the concerns and worries about the dancers, um, their well-being. Uh, we discuss uh, repertoire for the following um, years. Uh, it's multitasking. It's uh, perhaps uh, going to a meeting that he couldn't, he couldn't uh, assist. Um, there's a lot of administrative, there's a lot of uh, pictures, approvals, there is interviews, there's this, there is dinners, there are, you know, and then you're kind of like, you know, um, a, a friend who, who really, you know, who listens and then tries to um, unclutter, unclutter the, you know, the work underneath it. So I assist in every, in every way possible. Great, thank you. All right, uh, this is your chance now for questions, and here's a hand right here. Hi, I have two personal questions, if you don't mind. Uh, the first is, uh, why did you leave Argentina to return here? And the second is, how did you get such beautiful English? I have a friend from Medellin, He's lived here for 25 years, and his English is nowhere near as, as fluent and accentless as yours. Okay, a two-part question. One is um, why you came back to San Francisco Ballet in 2003, and how did you get such good English? <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. Um, my role in um, South America ha was a very important role. Um, I went to Argentina during a terrific uh, time, and unfortunately, in 1999, the country took a nosedive economically, so it was impossible to sustain. Um, I've had the honor of being invited to direct in the most gorgeous theater in Latin America, because in case you don't know, it's sort of like the grand Paris opera of Latin America. Um, we have great, um, you know, of great theaters in Latin America and each of the countries, but the Cologne is just stunning. I mean, I love our theater. Um, but anyway, um, this is why I left, and um, I love my tenure. I com completed my seasons, and um, without money, it's hard to do art. And although I've, I would sacrifice everything possible for it, I, you know, there were a lot of political changes going on, and Unlike America, in Latin America, when you um, offer a directorship, it comes directly from the government. So um, the president and the mayor uh, were directly responsible for my hiring, and the president changed, and the mayor changed three times. So, um, and at the same token, I feel I am San Francisco Ballet, um, in every sense, you know, I came here, you know, I actually landed in, in, in December of 79, uh, although the program says I've been in the company since 1980. Um, I love what Helgi has done with the company. I'm truly devoted to his work and believe in him. And I adore the company and through 31 years, I've seen the company grow in every other direction. And I've, I've been in the school, I've been in the core, solo as principal. I came back as a teacher, I come back, you know, I've been in every other position, so um, I find it fit for me to be at home. I, my language, I don't know, I just speak with all kinds of different people, so, and been trained by people all over the world, so I guess, um, but thank you. <laughs>
Yes. What do you think classical ballet will look like in 10 years? I see it um, still as a driving force. I um, truly believe that there, there's no big ballet company without classical ballet. It's very important that we do classical ballet. Um, the interpretations, the productions, I think that, you know, it's very important that they change. Um, for me, uh, I've, I've done my own Nutcracker, my own full-length Le Corsair, my own Giselle, which is opening in, in four weeks in, in Amsterdam, and I'm going there in, in two weeks. Um, when I reproduce a classic, a classic, I need to give it a fresh look. I need to, to, um, to, technique has evolved a great deal, and there's so much more information, and there is so much more freedom in, in, in the way that you can articulate uh, a lot of the style and the technique itself. And it's important to change that. Um, classical ballet, so many positions were always so exaggerated, where they actually, you, see, you look and you say, oh my God, I'm looking at a lithograph. And we don't need to see that, you know. There is, we exude as a, as a society, as, 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 as much art as we've seen. It is very important to refresh and to give it a more of, of a today look. And it's got to breathe differently. But classical ballet would live forever, I think. One more quickly. Um, yes. Uh, the question is, can you comment on the dancers' musical backgrounds in general, since they have to be able to adapt to so many different kinds? Uh, well, there's quite a few dancers that have a really important uh, music background, like uh, Matthew Stewart and, uh, and Ben Stewart, you know, who have got, been to Juilliard, and you know, the true musicians. Um, there's quite a few dancers who have actually had you know, good, good schooling. For the most part, your musicality really is developed through your music appreciation and understanding in, in your dance education. Um, for the most part, when you're in school, you, you have character uh, dances, you have, you, you're, you're exposed to a, a great range of repertoire, and the music director, the pianist, and your teacher are always, you know, we're all music or, uh, musically oriented. So, um, you study the music as much as you study the dance, although um, we don't have the music, we don't read the music as we dance. It's all ear. Um, you know, for those who have gotten a, a proper music education, it is, it is fantastic. And I think it should be part of the curriculum all over the, uh, all over the world because um, what a difference it makes when you can read music and when you can talk um, the talk uh, as a musician. So. Uh, we're just about out of time. Uh, okay, let's squeeze in one quick one. <laughs> what is your favorite character role? Um, I love being a character dancer. I think for what I've done um, recently, Dr. Coppelius oh. was so much fun. 
I am not, I don't find myself to be a funny person, and um, although I really appreciate humor, so it's an enormous challenge. And um, I am a very compassionate person, so I've, I've, I really, really, really just loved Dr. Coppelius, and I related, I, I kind of interpret the, the dearest, um, oldest teachers I have, and the people that have been so carefully nurturing in my life, I focus each scene on one of them, how they would react to a, to a situation. Since I didn't have it in me, and I appreciate that sense of humor and the way they go about it, so I think of people I know and, and people that move me, and, and I try to have that be the, sort of the incentive for me to go about each scene like that. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, we really are out of time. I'm, I'm sorry, we don't have time for more questions. Uh, Thank you for being here. Thank you. And I'd like to remind those of you who came in late that we do have our brand new CD of Yuri Posikov's Ballet Raku available for purchase on the website and in the gift shop. And conductor Martin West and composer Shinji Eshima will be signing CDs at intermission and after the show. Enjoy the show, and thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thank you.